0: Hey, podcast listeners, happy October. This time of year inspires reflection, visioning, dreaming, goal setting. And while we've all failed to reach goals in the past because we didn't work hard enough, sometimes life intervenes as we're pushing towards the finish line to say, hey, wake up, what's really important here? Or we get stuck doing what we've always done to be successful and overlook the fact that our old approach won't get us to our new goals or that our old approach won't work for our new body, life, career. I have good news though. There's magic in failure. Failure changes our perspective. Failure gives us new information. It forces us to sharpen the knife and get clear on what will actually get us to our goals rather than continuing to focus on what we think should work. What have you failed at recently? What new information, perspective shift, or clarity did your failure give you? You might be surprised how quickly you learn to love failure when you recognize it's magic. And if you feel like you've failed at this getting healthy thing, if you feel tired, lazy, frazzled, lacking in confidence, and you're over it, I might be able to help. Just in case you don't know, in addition to hosting this podcast, I'm a personal development and lifestyle coach. I work with women on the rise who want more from their work, life, and body. I'm best known for helping women executives and business owners recapture their vibrant health, energy, and personal power after 5, 10, 15 years of putting everything and everyone on their list but themselves. If that sounds familiar, I'd love to talk to you. I work individually with women like you who need to prioritize feeling good so they can get that more they want out of career and life. I help them overcome their personal obstacles to eating better, exercising more, and managing time and stress. Then we create a full plan. I call it the Vibrant Health Playbook for working towards a big personal goal. If that sounds like something you could use, I invite you to schedule a no-commitment discovery call with me to find out if my eight-week Vibrant Health Playbook coaching program is for you. Visit lauradolch.com slash discovery to schedule your call. I only have a few spots left in Vibrant Health Playbook right now, and once they're full, I likely won't have openings again until after the first of the year. So if you'd like to feel in control of your food choices during the holidays, able to indulge a little and then get right back to healthy choices instead of just giving up because you had one too many cookies. If you'd like to feel centered and calm in the middle of the holiday chaos because you've mastered tools to help you manage stress and enforce your personal boundaries. If you'd like to wake up every day with the energy and motivation to tackle your goals in career and life, then grab a spot on my calendar for a Discovery Call to find out if Vibrant Health Playbook is for you. We'll talk about your goals and if I can help you reach them. No pressure, no hard sales pitches, I promise. It's not my style. So schedule your call now at laradolchcom slash discovery. I'll talk to you soon. Success isn't all those milestones that you hit in the future. It's not
1: when you get to 10,000 followers on Instagram. It's not when you hit that six-figure you know, launch. That's not what determines your success. It's how you feel right
0: now with what you have today. Welcome to Women on the Rise. I'm your host, Lara Dolch, and each week I talk to thriving women about the practical self-care strategies they use to fuel their success and pursue what's most important to them in their careers and lives. We get real about topics like healthy eating, exercise, sleep, stress, time management, happiness, and productivity, while busting myths about work-life balance and being perfect along the way. My goal each week is to uncover a new insight or practical strategy that you can immediately apply to your life to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul. Today, I'm talking to Kathy Rasmussen. Kathy is co-founder of Badassery Magazine and the co-host of the Badassery Podcast, where she helps women entrepreneurs step into the spotlight and embrace their rising badassery. Kathy and I met earlier this year when we were in a business mastermind group together. When she mentioned that she'd had kind of a sea change in the way she takes care of her body, I had to know more. In today's interview, we talked about how Kathy defines badassery and why women in particular are badassery experts, why feeling successful with what you have now is vital to creating future success, the powerful experience that allowed Kathy to see the connection between self-worth and self-care, and how it motivated her to finally take control of her weight and health, and how Kathy sticks to her new healthy habits even when they're inconvenient. Enjoy the interview. So yeah, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. So can you start by talking a little bit about Badassery Magazine and what that's all about and sort of just your work with women entrepreneurs in general? Yes,
1: I would love to. Badassery Magazine is, we always say, we're more than a magazine. We are a community for women who are ready to embrace their rising badassery. So what that really means to us is Let me kind of step back a little bit. Badassery, and our definition, we use the Urban Dictionary definition of badassery, which is to engage in seemingly impossible activities and achieve success in a manner which renders all onlookers completely awestruck. And when we saw that definition, I'm like, it was like, you know, the angels were singing and every, you know, it was like the heavens opened up. And we're like, yes, 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 yes. That's exactly what Badassery is because all of these things that women do, like when they're starting a business, when they're being single mothers, when they're raising children, when they're, you know... Starting from a place where they've experienced trauma in their life, and and turning that into something successful—like all that seems so impossible. There's so many stories of the women in our community that we that are just like that. How did you do that? That's just like totally impossible. How could you even do that? But they achieve it in a manner and achieve success in a manner which people are just like, oh, like what? You know, awestruck. And to me, I think that's what being an entrepreneur is. And that's what being even a woman today is. When we first started the magazine, we focused highly on business because we wanted to support women in business. That's where we were my business partner, nice, Samantha Parker. Uh, we were both in that same place in our lives. And so we wanted to really support women um, because it's lonely when you start a business, especially if you don't know what you're doing, which we all don't. don't. <laughs> we, <laughs> you know, we're none just of us it. know what we're doing, right? But it's lonely. And there seems to be all these gatekeepers everywhere. It's like, if you can submit to this blog or get on this, this, um, in this this magazine, or if you can get into this website, then people will get to know you and then you can be successful. Or once you get to 10,000 followers on Instagram, then you can be successful. It was like all these like milestones, these arbitrary milestones you had to achieve to deem yourself successful, right? Well, we don't believe that anymore. We think that's total bullshit. (laughs) And that's why we created Badass 3 Magazine. We wanted to have a space where people can share their message and it didn't matter how many followers they had and it didn't matter how curated their Instagram feed was and it didn't matter if they had published on HuffPo or if they, you know got published in their, you know, sent an email to their mom. That's That doesn't matter, you know. Everyone is an, on an equal playing field as far as we're concerned, especially when you're starting out in business. And so we started Badassery Magazine to be this collaborative space where people can contribute. All of our magazine issues are contributor-based. So people in our community provide the content for the magazine. And so it's like a fun collaboration that everyone can participate in. And that was really important to us because we needed that when we were starting out in business and we know other women need that as well. And since we've been really developing that and the meaning of it and what our mission is and meeting a lot of people in our community, we've evolved in a way that it doesn't just focus on business anymore, but it focuses on an entire lifestyle. So we don't just focus on, you know, your your business strategies and how you can, you know, get more people to buy your stuff, which is very important <laughs> in business. Don't, you know. But if you're not feeling happy and if you're not feeling successful where you are right now with your life, then you're never going to achieve that sense of success or that sense of fulfillment with your business. So... One thing that we have been focusing on a lot lately is that success isn't all those milestones that you hit in the future. It's not when you get to 10,000 followers on Instagram. It's not when you hit that six-figure you know, launch. That's not what determines your success. It's how you feel right now with what you have today. And if you can embrace that, if you can feel successful where you're at right now, then you can... Work toward getting all those followers, and you can work toward getting all that money in your bank account, and you can work toward feeling, you know, all those other things because you'll carry that feeling with you and you will be successful when those things happen. But you can also be successful right now, which is why taking care of yourself and being having a lot of energy and being happy with who you are is so important to entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah, well, and I'm so glad you said that. Obviously, you know that I very much agree with that last statement and the importance of, you know, what, you know, self care is a broad concept, but just the idea of maintaining and prioritizing mind body health because. Yeah, you can't, you can't do any of it without that. And and so actually talk to me a little bit about it. I noticed that you guys had a, this great article in this month's magazine. We're reporting this in August about self-care and I love that. So it's obviously part of the conversation. Can you tell me sort of how that shows up for the women that you support? we talk about it a lot in the community.
1: Um, and we do have a lot of people that are experts in that space in the community, which is phenomenal. Um, but then there's a lot of women that aren't experts in that space in the community that need to hear those messages. And in fact, I'm one of those women. <laughs> like I'm one <laughs> of the women that needs to hear the messages because I have really neglected myself in kind of a way that I thought was okay because I was doing other things for other people. And it. I would put other things first. So what, what I've recently discovered was that my self image, well, my health in particular is absolutely connected to how much I love myself. (laughs) And I know that's the same for everyone, right? It is. And I never like, people talk to me about it and I, you know, I watch what, you know, there's lots of I watch a lot of self-help stuff and people who are on weight loss journeys. I I was, you know, biggest loser fan from when the TV, (laughs) you know, the reality show was on. It never really clicked for me until I spent some quality time with Tony Robbins at UPW, the Unleash the Power Within. And it hit me at a level that it had never hit me before. And so when I realized how much my health and what was doing to me and how it made me feel and how it was totally like, it was a lot of the root causes of all of the struggles that I was having with work. It was a lot of the root cause of a lot of the struggles I was having in my personal life. Um, and just because it all stems from how I felt about me as a person that I had to make some changes or else everything, it was just, you know, like collapsing in on itself. And so when I realized that, that was like, the point in my life where I could start making some serious changes and I feel so good now. Like I feel even, even though like, like honestly it's been three weeks, I'm not, this is not like the full <laughs> journey yet, but um, I can't even believe how much difference it has made just making that connection and realizing how important it is and making those few steps to change the difference of how I feel energy wise and attitude wise and being able to control a lot of my emotions and just so many things have changed because of it. It's amazing.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much to unpack there. I'm, I, you know, <laughs> I love that you've got, come to this place. And obviously that's, that's part of the reason that I invited you to come on is to talk more about that. And I guess I'm curious about a couple of things. One is what was it about the experience with, with Tony Robbins at that event that was the trigger, do you think? that got you to sort of like internalize it in a way you hadn't before?
1: Well, I think that it has a lot to do with the way that I meet expectations. I don't know if you've read the um, Four Tendencies with Gretchen Rubin wrote the No, book, the I Tendencies. haven't. I've
0: read some of her other books, but no, I haven't read it's that. Amazing, although I'm familiar with the all. framework. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I can't remember which one. I, I did go on her website once when she first released that book to figure out what my tendency was, and I've forgotten what it was. But anyway... Well, I am a questioner. Like I am the
1: epitome of questioner. So everything I do has to have a justification and a reason why. And if it's not enough, if it's not like worth it enough to me, it just like doesn't matter. Like Mm -hmm. what? You know? So I grew up in a household where my mom was always she doesn't like the way that she looks. She's always, even to this day, she is always really hard on herself. And she it was because not, not only does she not love herself, like other people love her, but she also feels like it was something that she was born into. So like her genes and it was her heredity. And this is just her station in life. She's, you know, she's been destined to, you know, suffer through this obese lifestyle because that's what God planned for her. And so all of this that she's going through in her head, it gets, you know, she projected onto me as well. And I learned that behavior growing up of real, you know, thinking that this was my desk, you know, this was just my plan. And this was, you know, it was genetic and it was all of these things where I couldn't control it. It was out of my control. And it was a really good excuse. It was a really good excuse for being fat, you know, Mm -hmm. growing up. I mean, I've been overweight since I was eight years old. Because I thought that's just the way my body worked. And I didn't have control over that. And so what the difference was when I went to Tony Robbins was it finally made sense in my questioner brain (laughs) of that I really was in control over this the whole entire time. And it wasn't genetics and it wasn't all these things that those were just, those were excuses and those were stories and those were... It wasn't real. It was there. It was imposed on me. And so, what really did it for me was, I, if you've ever been to UPW, he takes you on this like amazing journey of super like lower than low lows and higher than high highs. I mean, it's like very intense, and he does it purposefully. I mean, it's very it's the whole point really is to take you on this really super emotional roller coaster because that's what gets you to start taking action. Yeah. But I went to a place where. I had it, and I'm gonna cry, so that's all right. <laughs> but I'm crying out loud here. <laughs> I, the low's low that I felt was that if I, my life kept going at the way it was going, that <laughs> it was going to get to a place where it just wouldn't affect me, it affects my family. And the worst thing that I could imagine that could happen because of that is that my daughter would end up committing suicide because of what I taught her how to do with her life. You know, I taught her all this. I taught her how to love her, you know, what I taught her how she views her own body. And I taught her all these things. And so it's
0: by okay, take breath. Imagine,
1: <laughs> imagining <laughs> that and on that level is like, I don't, that's not an option. Like that is absolutely not an option for me. And by putting it into that kind of reality where those kind of consequences are so real and so like in your soul, like, of course you have to take action on that, right? If you could see that going down the road and you could see the consequences of what was going to happen if you didn't change where you're at right now, Mm -hmm. like, how could you not take action on that? Yeah. And so that's what I did and I made a commitment to myself from that moment that that's not going to happen. You know, I'm not going to be, I'm in total control of this and it's not, it doesn't, is isn't true that it's genetic and it isn't true that I have to reward myself with food. And it isn't true that, you know, other people are healthy because that's how they were born, or they have a high metabolism, or they, you know, all these stories that I tell myself to give me excuses and make myself feel better about not being healthy and not being active and not watching what I, you know, my diet and and doing those things, like there's no excuses anymore. I'm totally in control of this. And so that was really the the point that pushed it, like pushed me yeah. <laughs> over the edge. And then another really great thing that I learned there was more of the why behind it. Because I, you know, everything has to have a why.
0: First of all, I want to just acknowledge you for being, for allowing yourself to be vulnerable because that's essentially what you've just described, right? I mean, and that's such a, it's so hard <laughs> <laughs> and it's so necessary for change to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see that? come up for you in other areas? Just sort of the, like, does it come up for you in areas around your business? Does it, that vulnerability piece of it and how have things changed since you started making these, um, adjustments for your health?
1: Well, it it definitely has come up in other areas, like for example, particularly in building relationships, because a lot of like self-worth and self, um, like how you feel about yourself affects your health, you know, that's obviously we're talking about that right now, but it also affects the relationships you have with other people. I've always considered myself introverted and, you know, a little quiet, but I'm really not. (laughs) Like if I am like talking and being my true self, I am introverted in the sense that I have to recharge by myself. Like it's very drains me to be, with other people, like energy wise, but that's that, not that that's a bad thing. It just takes up a lot of my energy, but I've always used it as a crutch because that it gives me, it's like that excuse thing. It's like, Oh yeah, I overweight cause it's my metabolism. Well, I'm, you know, don't want to go hang out with you. Not because I'm terrified that you won't like me, but because I'm an introvert, you know, it's just yeah. a really easy, easy That's very thing. convenient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's also the same thing with other aspects. It's like, and it all comes back to self-worth. It all comes back to it. And like with your money, it's like, oh, well, you know, she's making multimillion dollars, but I'm not that successful or I'm mm, not that mm-hmm. talented or it's okay because I'm, I'm not ready for that yet. Or, you know, you, there's all these excuses that come into your head as to like make it okay that I haven't achieved certain other, like even financial goals in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it reminds me, sorry to interrupt, but it just, it reminds me of that, you know, it's sort of a cliche, I think in the coaching space at least, but the, you know, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And it all, as you said, it all goes back to self-worth, right? Because the way that you're taking care of your physical body and your mind, body health, you know, is absolutely a reflection of how you approach, you know, financial goals or whatever it is. Same, same thing. Yeah, even keeping my house clean. I mean, yeah, I,
1: sure. It's the same. Like that was one of the main things I came back with Tony Robbins was I need to I need to live in a clean environment inside my body and outside my body, you know, because mm-hmm. that's how you thrive. You thrive in the environment that you're in. And if you aren't being able to thrive in your environment because it's toxic, whether it's physically toxic, you know, chemically toxic, emotionally toxic all of these things you have to have that
0: environment to be able to thrive yeah I love that I love that it's sort of like you know yeah it's like a plant you wouldn't expe- expect a plant to grow if they didn't have the conditions to grow and it's the same thing with ourselves and it's so easy to forget that that's happening and just get into you know a rut with habits and but to your point it all comes back to self-worth and and where you put yourself on that on that list Hey, it's Lara here. Wanted to take a quick break from the interview to invite you to my new monthly online workshop series. It's designed to help you get out of your own way and make being healthy feel easy and intuitive instead of stressful and overwhelming. And it's totally free. So, consider this your personal invitation to join in. Visit laradolch.com/workshops to save your spot in upcoming workshops. That's laradolch.com/workshops what have you noticed about specific habits that you now have and i realize it's it's still the sort of the beginning of your journey but what <laughs> but what I has know. come no no it's great I think that's great and and I also think it's a early in the process is a really good time to start to notice which things are working and what's not because you know it's the same process that I lead my clients through where it's an experimentation you know it's like so stopping to notice okay I've tried this for three weeks what's working what's not so what is working for you as far as specific habits that you've noticed that allow you to show up in this new way
1: uh it's Definitely creating some routines for myself and some structure. Like right now I have, so I had three goals coming out of Tony Robbins. I had one um, like, well, these weren't even goals. These were just like, these are things that will, are happening now in my life. So um, one was drink more water. So I decided I was going to try to drink and I and again this is kind of arbitrary but <laughs> I am just I'm going to try to drink my half my weight in ounces every day (laughs) because someone on the internet told me to do it. (laughs) Totally. Right. And you have to have some experiment to run like, right? Exactly. But what my thought process is, is any amount of water is better than what I was doing. Right. And it's just going to make me feel really good. And it's going to help my body be able to clear out those toxins. And I have, already seen it. So I have my water bottle with me all the time and I drink just like room temperature water. Cause that's easier for me to drink than cold water. And I just have it around and refill it and have it around. And I don't, I'm sure I don't keep super track, but I know that I just like, Oh, let's drink some more. So if I feel like I'm craving something, Oh, let's drink some more water. Oh, or if I, you know, I'm feeling tired. Oh, let's drink some more water. You know, those types of things I have to kind of trigger myself in order to substitute that pattern with water (laughs) and then so drink more water that was my one of my my number one my number two was to eat more green food. Yeah. You know how I feel about
0: greens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and it was, and I'm a vegetarian. So I'm like, I'm a vegetarian.
0: I'm healthy. Yeah. No, (laughs) no, there (laughs) are plenty of what I call junk food vegetarians. It's very easy to do.
1: (laughs) That's totally me. It was, it was (laughs) high fat, high carb, you know, and I like vegetables, but my family, it's hard to get, like my son he um, has some sensory processing issues and the t- even just the texture of some vegetables, he'll just, it just re- his gag reflex will initially be triggered and I'll end up cleaning up a bunch of <laughs> not good stuff to clean up. But um, so it's hard. It's been really challenging with him. And so I have let that slip for me as well. Um, but it's just having it in the house is the, the number one thing. So if I have all of that in my fridge, if I have, and I love, like I live pretty close to Trader Joe's and I just go there and I just stock up on all of their prepped and yep. and cut stuff. And so it totally. makes me so <laughs> and keep that in my fridge and then with everything I make I'm like I make sure like every meal has something like extra greens in it so if, even in, even breakfast I'm like saute up some spinach and put that on your avocado toast and you know and do things like that or if I'm making you know say I'm, we're having pasta I look for things to substitute out where I can add extra green greens like kale and and broccoli and things into the sauce and then switch out the regular pasta with like gluten-free or something that is a little bit more healthy for me. And just those little substitutions I think are making a huge difference. I'm um, just making it really easy and just accessible. I, the, the easy part, that's the, the part that, is the, that key is
0: the key for me yeah. is it easy. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that sometimes people think they're not doing it right. If it's that easy, I'm like, no, no, that's, you're doing it right. (laughs) Like use Trader Joe's, use the prepped, you know, even like, you know, I I call it having a sous chef, right? I mean, it's like, you don't have to do it all yourself for it to count. In fact, it won't happen, you know, if you're a busy person. So I, that's, I think that's great. And I um, gave
1: up my coffee. (laughs) It doesn't mean I can never have coffee. That's another thing. Is like, I'm not completely eliminating everything from my life. Like I can't be that hardcore about it because then it will make me feel really deprived. Right. And I'll make you yep. feel like I'm out on something. So I can still have coffee every once in a while, but I haven't had coffee really since I came back from Chicago. And so, but I switched it out with, um, matcha green tea, which is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and almond milk. I like make me a, a matcha almond milk matcha latte. latte. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I so I still have that caffeine fix, which you know, you need when you, yes. <laughs> yes. but I don't have the coffee. Like my stomach feels better. I don't get heartburn at night anymore because of the water and like the less of the caffeine or not caffeine, but the coffee that I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I switched from my wine drinking. I still have some wine, but I'm down to like I reduced it considerably. I'm down to about a bottle a week instead of a bottle a night, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is also coming. Like I realized I was self medicating a lot um, mm-hmm. before this, and just because I felt so terrible all the time, so self medicating with by drinking and you know, and even just doing that has helped my energy level so much. I don't feel gross in the morning. I feel like oh. I can wake up at five o'clock and go for a walk and it's great. That's so, so awesome. I and love it. The third thing is the movement, making yes. sure I move my body every day and I'm not sick. You know, I haven't like put myself on this like super tight, you know, I'm not crossfitting. There's, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's I'm not doing that yet, but I do wake up at 5am and, get out the door by 5.30 to walk around my neighborhood, which I love. I recently, well, it's been about a year now. I moved to Oregon, which I've always wanted to live in the Pacific Northwest. I know you live in the Pacific Yay, Northwest. shout Northern out Pacific Northwest. But I love it here so much. And I love it because of how it smells and all the sounds mm-hmm. and how serene it is. And I just can be outside and in it and take advantage of this amazing space that I live in, this amazing environment. And so by getting out the door and walking around my neighborhood, it just gives me so much, not only energy, but it also, I have that level of gratitude that comes in that is so important. Oh, so good for you. Yeah. that. So it's been going, it's been going really well. It's been hard. (laughs) There's been some hard times, but it's for the most part, I have had a lot of like, it's just the energy that I've had is amazing.
0: Well, that actually makes me wonder about, so during those hard times, what have you noticed helps you? Because yeah, sometimes these new habits are inconvenient. They just are. And so how do you get past that and do it anyway?
1: Well, a lot of it has had to, it gets harder for me when more stress is in my life, Mm -hmm. because then I instinctually go back into those survival mode habits of, Medica- Self medicating or trying to feel like protected by having lots of stuff around me. So, like filling it with food or just feeling like I need to eat it, eat a bunch, or craving things that I know aren't stuff that I really should be eating or things that really aren't feeling that need that I'm having. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I also, <laughs> I also realize, I think that when you are away from it, you can realize what those triggers are to a little bit more easily than if you're like in the middle of it. So if I have been walking and, and drinking my water and eating lots of vegetables, when I feel like I have a a stressor come on, like for example, if something is emotionally challenging for me, like I will feel like you know you've had a really hard time dealing with this, Kathy. You really deserve something. Like you should you should have some ice cream. It's going to make you feel better. You know that's yeah. that sort of thing. On the converse side of that is I also reward myself that way. So if I'm like, yes, we you know we had a stellar day of you know at work and all these awesome things are happening, and I and like we achieved these goals, and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna celebrate by, you know, like going out to dinner or having an, you know, a glass of wine or you know, all of these other things. That it's just like, okay, you comfort yourself with food, but you also reward yourself with food, you
0: know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Yeah. You know, what have you found as replacements for that? Like, have you been able... Because you're right. Like what you're describing is what I you know, call deconstructing cravings, right? Getting underneath the cravings to really understand like, what's the actual need here, right? And it sounds like you've been able to start to identify that. So then the next step with that is, okay, well, what's the actual need? Am I tired? Am I bored? Am I stressed out? So how can I address that actual underlying need? What have you discovered about that? process.
1: I I love that you talk about that because now that you said that it's like oh yes that's exactly what I'm going to start. <laughs> yes that's why you about. it's my questioner in me and having a, the reason why. But I've been trying to replace it with those three things. So more water, more movement. So if I'm like oh I'm so bored, you know. I don't, I I feel like I want to <laughs> eat something, but I don't know what I want to eat and we don't really have any food and like how about you just move your body and go and like do a little have a little dance break. And then usually I if I do that, then that other feeling goes away.
0: Yes, that's getting, right.
1: It's like, cause I, my energy is dropped. It's that's like, if right. my energy is dropped and I feel like, oh, I need, I'm just like, oh, I need something well, you probably just need a little adrenaline, <laughs> Kathy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, well, you probably just need some chemicals flowing and need some movement and your <laughs> blood, blood pumping. You, you probably just need that. And so why don't you just jump around for a little bit and then you'll be fine.
0: That's great. I love it. Yeah. And even if it doesn't entirely go away, it, gets, it generally will get to a point where it's manageable and you can sort of like make better choices because you've exactly, you've done something first that kind of addresses the root cause of it. Do you, is there anything that you've discovered that you do, um, that you consider to be self-care, but that wouldn't necessarily show up in like a health and wellness book?
1: I do a lot of what I call thinking time. <laughs> and I think this is where I do feel like my introvert status comes in. I like to have like the, the alone, just time by myself in my space so I can just have s- just some freedom. And even sometimes when I've had a day where my family is all or like Sometimes my husband will be home from work and the kids will be here and I'm still working. And so it'll feel, even though they're not like interacting with me the whole day, I can sit and do my work. Just having them in the house with me drains my energy. And so I will just be like, I'm going to take 10 minutes and I'll come to bed in a few, but I need some alone time right now. (laughs) And so I'll sit and I'll just, you know, drink some water and sit and relax and unwind. And then I'd be able to, you know, go to bed. But I am a big proponent of alone time.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And what have you noticed about how these changes have allowed you to show up for your business and in your business? Energy level is
1: the number one thing I've noticed. Like just an enthusiasm for like setting the goals and achieving the goals and setting the steps and like doing the work has been phenomenal. Um, And I've noticed that it's kind of um, contagious. (laughs) So when I go to meetings or if I go and teach a workshop or if I even just have a meeting with my business partner, it's just like if my energy is up and I'm, you know, making movements and I am smiling and I'm talking like with excitement and and. Then it, then they start doing it too, and so it rubs off on people, and it makes other people happy. And if I can do that, then that, I mean, that's really a cool feeling to know that you have that much influence. But it really is about energy and just yeah. sharing that energy with people.
0: Absolutely. Well, and yeah, it's like when you go on this kind of journey, you know, you automatically rub off on people in your life, whether it's your family or your business or whatever. It's just, I, it, you know, I, it's funny. I had, I had a client last night who was talking about how her husband was, you know, asking her questions about what, she, what we were doing together. And like, so, you know, how did that go? And how can I, you know, like he's sort of getting on board with a lot of the exercises that she's doing, not just the food and movement piece of it, but a lot of the mindset work too. And sort of the life design piece of it. And it's really fun to see that because it just reinforces what you're trying to do, right? So when other people get on board with you, it just reinforces what you're trying to do for yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, and it's fun. I've been um, posting about my experience a lot in our private community in badassery Magazine and So much encouragement and so much support and so many people who I didn't realize are having that same feeling, those same feelings that I have been having because it's like everyone else must have this perfect life, (laughs) you know, because all you see is this glimpse of it on, you know, on Facebook or whatever but it's really they just have the same kind of feelings that you have. You know, everyone has such it's it's interesting because we're all so unique, but we all have such similar experiences in just in different ways.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like it's it all goes back to those unconscious stories, right? All the stories that we tell ourselves and 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 we tell ourselves those stories in lots of different areas of our life. But that's really the only difference. It's like one person might be telling themselves those stories in the area of their Body and health, and another person might be telling themselves those stories in relationships or in career or whatever. It's just a matter of where it's showing up for you, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. So I love that you were willing to share this journey, and thank you so so much. I um, I just know that it will resonate with so many people. Um, Yeah, and tell me, you know, as we're kind of wrapping things up, tell me what's next for you and what you're excited about. Well, I.
1: I'm very excited about this whole new fervor and energy that I have around building connections. And in fact, I am loving it so much. And my business partner, Samantha, we are also very passionate about it together. We want to take that experience in relationships to more people Um, And we are, have started, we're announcing it soon, or we have announced it probably by the time this aired, but a new um, sisterhood that we are developing. And it's the Badassery Executive Sisterhood. And as part of the sisterhood, we will be having retreats. The first one is coming up in October. And these are exclusive experiences for high-level female entrepreneurs, and those female entrepreneurs, they're people who want to find connection and collaboration and really just reignite their creativity in a really just fun as hell you know, safe and supportive environment and really just finally find your tribe of people just
0: like you. Perfect. And I'll put that link in the show notes too. That's awesome. Yeah. And is there anywhere else that people can go to learn more about you and and Badassery Magazine? Yes, you can
1: go to badasserymag.com and you can read issues of our magazine. You can read our blog You can listen to our podcast and you can submit to our
0: magazine as well. Yay. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Kathy. This was so amazing. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. That's it for this week's episode of Women on the Rise. Visit com slash podcast for show notes and resources mentioned in this episode. You can download other episodes of this podcast and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review the podcast. It's a huge help to the show and I truly appreciate it. This episode was produced by me with editing help from Dave Nelson at Lens Group Media. Tune in every week for new interviews that give you the practical tools you need to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul. This episode is supported by Bounty Kitchen, one of my absolute favorite Seattle restaurants. Bounty Kitchen is, no joke, an extension of my own kitchen, except that there's so much fresh, local, organic, and tasty stuff on the menu there that it takes me forever to decide what I want. The good news is that you literally can't go wrong. Check out greens, beans, and grains dishes like the Braised Beef Bowl, or dive into the vegan and dairy-free Marrakesh Market Bowl, or try one of my personal favorites for Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the pot liquor bowl. There are also soups, salads, sandwiches, scrambles, and of course toast, all infused with the deep love and commitment of founder and co-owner and my friend, Meg Trainer, and her team. Visit Bounty Kitchen at seven Boston Street in Seattle's Queen Anne neighborhood. And check out my interview with Meg from last season of the podcast to learn more about her personal health journey and the inspiration behind Bounty Kitchen.